1: I'm Kathy Worthington welcome to our new episode of late boomers today we are excited to introduce you to our special guest Julie Spira America's top online dating expert and digital matchmaker award-winning dating coach internationally recognized dating authority and best-selling author of the perils of cyber dating confessions of a hopeful romantic looking for love online
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. Julie is a California-based celebrity dating coach whose clients can be found from New York to San Francisco, London to Sydney, and her advice has reached millions, and she's been a frequent guest at worldwide conferences about the marriage of love and technology. She coaches singles from college age to baby boomers who are looking for a first or second chance in finding the one. She's one of the top 100 most influential people in social media and has been featured or quoted over 1,500 times online, in print, and on TV. Welcome, Julie. Good to have you.
3: Thank you for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks for coming. Tell us all
1: about your background, how you started in business, and what or who your early influences were.
3: I I started my career in broadcasting, it was my childhood goal to become a music radio DJ. And I did get to do that. And it was really a lot of fun playing rock and roll on the radio and getting paid for it. Uh, and so that was really how I got started. And then my career sort of expanded more into technology. I was a network executive at the first commercial satellite uh, delivered radio network. Uh, and that was you know quite a while ago. And so I had to learn about technology. I'm like, do I really have to become an engineer and learn all of this? And I did have to learn it. And so as a result, I learned to embrace technology very early. And I was an early adopter of the internet. And as a result of being an early adopter of the internet and a technology executive, somehow I found online dating in its infancy when it was really just chat rooms on love at AOL. And I was a charter member.
2: Wow. That's, that's so interesting. I want to get the elephant out of the room before we go on. We're recording this during COVID. What are your tips for dating during the pandemic and also post-COVID?
3: You know, these are great questions, and, and you can see all over the news. I was just quoted in the Wall Street Journal recently about post-COVID dating and all of these different niche dating apps. And right now, it's a question of, are you getting vaccinated and if not maybe I don't feel safe about going on a date with you so we're in a period right now where you know masks could be on masks could be off but at the end of the day do I feel safe about dating and that's something that I've been advocating since I started in this industry 26 years ago about how to date safely online and now it's not just about meeting in a public place it's about meeting someone who you feel that you're not going to get COVID with if you go out on a date somewhere.
1: That's yeah. true. Wow. <laughs> Very important. Uh, what would you say are the seven secrets to finding love?
3: Oh, there are so many secrets. And if I tell them all, uh, does that mean no. your dream date is <laughs> going to magically appear? I would say- someone- That would be nice. It yeah. is. Everybody asks me if I have the uh, the magic wand. And you know, because new people join every day, I think it's really important to be patient. And I think my first tip would probably be to learn how to manage your expectations. And I say that because there are some people who will say, I can't wait to meet a lot of new people now that I'm going out again. And there are other people that say, I dread going on three coffee dates a week for 52 weeks. So somewhere in the middle you're going to meet someone that you really can connect with and that you have similar values and attitudes and this is why i say don't just sign up for one month and say oh online dating didn't work for me because that person who could be your one might be joining the very next day and new people join every single day so manage the expectations look at it as a journey and think about meeting really new and interesting people and, and that's sort of the starting point.
2: Uh-huh. Any more you'd like to give us? Some more secrets. Um,
3: okay, everybody, women live at their age, men live at their height. You know, it's not a huge surprise. Uh, but authenticity is really very, very sexy and very, and nobody wants to be with somebody who's not confident. And the thought of finding somebody needy is just a total turnoff. So I tell people when they say, do I have to put my real age? And I say, yes, and we fight it out. If you're not putting your real age on your profile because you just happen to have a big birthday around the corner, um, please just you know put it down at the bottom of the profile and say, oh, by the way, my real age is 61, but I said I was 59 to fit into a search. I hope you don't mind. And my photos are current. Because if somebody knows that your photos are current, then that could actually be okay if you refuse to put your actual age. But everyone's going to get Googled. Everyone's going to get stalked on social media. Your age is going to come out. And it's better to be honest about it. And here's another way to look at it. If you went to a party, let's say you went to a dinner party and you struck up a conversation with somebody really interesting and you know the flow is there and you're really connecting, you don't interrupt and say, oh, excuse me, John, but um, can you tell me how old you are? Or <laughs> yeah. that, that doesn't happen in a conversation. Either you connect with someone or you don't. So if yeah. you realize that in real life, you're not interrogating somebody about their age, you know, lighten up a little bit when it comes to the dating profile. Everybody does want to fit into a search and to, and to be found.
2: Those are great mm. pointers. Yeah. Uh, you coined a term in your book of, called netiquette being net etiquette for men and women. What are the rules and what are what is first
3: date etiquette? Well, now the rules of netiquette, actually was another book that I was writing. And there really are some rules about about internet etiquette or as I call it, netiquette. And most important is everybody's excited about meeting someone new, but the second that you have your phone date with someone and you haven't met them yet, but you've got their phone number, you're going to Google their phone number. You're going to look up things. You could go dig, dig deep and have a background, do a background search, which I don't recommend. You haven't even gone on a date yet. You know, it's a pre-date. And, and you start to stalk their social media. You'll see what friends you have in common. You'll see, you know, if somebody has an arm around someone. It could be their cousin, and you might think they're a player. So, like, you know, seek and you shall find, but you might not find accurate information. Something might be off. So don't overdo it. I do not Google someone before a first date, because I think it's really interesting to just let the conversation flow. And and part of the netiquette is about um, making sure that you're not overdoing it on social media. And if you know you're going on a date with somebody great, don't post pictures with a whole bunch of other men on your social media in case the guy that you are interested in um, decides that he wants to check out your Instagram feed.
1: How important are clothes on a date? Now, I don't mean we're going naked, but any special clothing you'd recommend for men or for women? Both, that's a,
3: you that's a great, again, another great question, Kathy. What you wear is really important. I mean, right now you can't see me, but I am wearing you know a fuchsia sweater. And whether it's red or hot pink for women, I always think that it's really important to wear a color that is, represents love It's also bright. And to be honest with you, guys just really care less about the little black dress. And they complain to me all of the time that everyone looks the same. Everyone's profiles look the same. Everyone's photos look the same. They all have the same beach shot. And so I think it's really important when you're going on a date, think about something in your closet that just makes you feel really great. And if it's a dress, again, color is really great. But don't wear something really low cut. Um, some of these women think that, well, I just want to show them, I have a really great body. So they wear something really tight and form fitting and it's a really low cut. There's a lot of cleavage and the guy will look at you and say, oh, she must be easy. You know, how many other guys slept with her? So, you know, guys that will undress you with their eyes on the very first date, but you don't need to reveal all. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and for men, I always say, you know, depending on where you're going, jeans and a sweater and if it's too hot just jeans and you know jeans and a nice tight t-shirt <laughs> uh, you know as long as it you know you can you can afford to wear something tight but I basically blue is great for guys and pink and red are great for women and don't get too dressed up because you don't want to look like you're too high maintenance
1: oh, oh even yeah, if it's a, it's a fancy restaurant
3: Well, even if it's a fancy restaurant, I would say, like, leave your jewelry at home. (laughs) You Uh, don't need to wear the diamonds and and the fancy watch. But if you're going to a restaurant, you can wear a cute dress that's fun, but not if it's a real super mini. And you can, uh, but don't wear something that you would wear to a wedding.
1: Oh, Um,
3: yeah. And I had a
1: friend that was going on a first date. It was kind of the reverse of the cleavage thing. She told me what she was going to wear, and... On the top, she was going to wear a turtleneck. And I said, don't wear a turtleneck. It it makes you seem closed off. Would you say that's good advice? I mean, it's excellent
3: advice, because if you wear a turtleneck, not only does it make you look closed off, as I said, most people know that your relationship is going to move forward, that, you know, sex will be involved at some point. But if somebody shows up with a turtleneck, they're basically saying, "Mm, you're not going to get lucky, not now, possibly not ever.
1: That's what I thought, even
2: in the winter when it's really cold.
3: Well, then wear a leather jacket.
2: Uh
1: (laughs) Yeah, a more open thing with scarf or something, right?
3: Right. You should definitely reveal some skin. Absolutely. But just there's that fine balance between somewhere between too much cleavage and a turtleneck is absolutely perfect.
2: Well, on that note, how important is creating the right online profile and what are your thoughts about being highlighted on dating sites as a new person, someone who's never been on the site before?
3: Well, everything is about your dating profile. I really consider it the same as a resume, only it's a resume for love. And people are very, very quick with these swiping apps And you have a split second to make a good impression for someone to swipe right, meaning I'd like to possibly match with you, or to swipe left, which basically means I'm not interested. And that's why I always say women in your profile photos, put something on red, because guys are swiping black, white, black, white, navy. Oh, look at this girl in this pretty red sweater. And so they'll stop and they'll pause, and then you have a greater chance of them actually reading the rest of your profile. So having a new irresistible online dating profile is essential, which means you need to use all of the real estate on the dating profile. So if there's six slots for six photos, I always say five to seven photos are perfect. Um, Any more, it's like they've seen too much of your life, what more is there to learn? And any less, it will appear like you're hiding something, like your full length body shot.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Any other pointers?
3: I would say that, you know, on most of the dating apps, your first name is really all they will see. It will say Julie. It will say, you know, Mary. But it will, um, some people on sites like Match will change their profile to music lover or hiking girl or something fun that kind of just describes, you know, fun and witty a little bit more about you. So when they're scrolling through names and they see everybody's got, you know, Jane or John, and then there's the hiking girl and, If you are trying to attract someone that you would like to go on a hiking date with, that's a great idea.
1: Oh, that's really clever. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. And what would you say are the eight stages of dating and what should you avoid discussing on a first date? (laughs)
3: Let's get right to it. Are there really eight stages (laughs) of dating? Well, there were eight stages of online dating that I wrote about in, in a recent article. And the reason, you know, there are so many stages is because you have to first decide that you actually do want to join a dating site or an app, and you have to find the one that's the right fit for you. And then once you make that decision, then you need to go out and you need to create this profile and have the best photos you can possibly put on your profile, because the bottom line is you're only as attractive as your least attractive photo. So if you have five great photos and there's that selfie in the bathroom, (laughs) <laughs> you've just blown, you've just blown it. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: And yeah. what about uh, what you should avoid discussing on a first date?
3: Exes. My gosh, I can't tell you how many oh. people get so nervous and they go on a date and they start telling you about the gory details of their divorce. Or <laughs> oh, I went on so many dates on OK Cupid and everybody lied about their age or or asking you, how long have you been on dating online, Julie? <laughs> it's like You know, that's just not the kind of question you want to ask. So you need to make sure that your questions are really fun and light and you don't make the other person feel like they're on a deposition and that they're being grilled from A to Z about. So where exactly did you go to school and when exactly did you graduate as they're trying to figure out whether you're lying about your age? And I think it's really important to talk about positive things on your profile and on a date. So don't say, don't come up with a list of your deal breakers um, because if you come up with a list of deal breakers and you say, and I've seen these profiles, don't contact me if you live more than 15 miles away. Don't contact me if you're, you know, shorter than six feet. And by the way, only 14% of men in the United States are six feet or taller. So you're really oh. leaving a lot of people out. And then you have this whole list of don't contact me. All someone's going to see is, oh, don't contact me. I guess I won't. Huh. Oh, yeah, Yeah. such a
1: negative thing to put in your profile.
3: Yeah, you can't be a negative Nancy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, Regarding your book, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic, Looking for Love Online, I have to admit, I really enjoyed it. But a few of your own dating experiences gave me nightmares. Can you talk about one of your nightmare dates and how does someone steer clear of phony online profiles and dates that may end up being dangerous or with people who will take you for a ride?
3: Well, let's talk about the danger first, because that's, you know, when we talk about the perils of cyber dating and, you know, my advocacy of just making sure people are safe, you need to meet in a public place. So you do not go home with somebody. You do not have two drinks. If you are meeting in the evening, you have a one drink limit. And when you are meeting somebody in a public place and you take your own transportation or you're planning on taking a ride sharing service, you know, do not get in someone's car. Don't let them pick you up at home. It may sound chivalrous, but it could be dangerous. And so I always say meet in a public place, bring your own transportation or make sure that you have your own transportation avoid the alcohol intake, don't drink at all or drink no more than, than one light glass of wine um, because you know, then you're impaired and you just might end up going home with someone. And so I think that safety is really essential. And one of my tips is you know, have an accountability partner. You, know, you hear about this in other areas, you know, whether it's AA or other things, but maybe <laughs> DA for Dating Anonymous, but basically have a friend that you're going to text and say, well, I'm on my date with Steve, and, you know, it's really going well, just thought so I let you know we're okay, and you, you text Maura, and you tell her Steve's a good guy, or you text Debbie, and you say, oh my god, Steve looks nothing like his profile, and all he's doing is talking about himself, I'm out of here, <laughs> and you let somebody know how you're doing. Yeah. Well,
1: that's a good idea,
3: but yeah. I want
1: to hear about one of the Dates that gave Mary her nightmares because she
3: said, oh, <laughs> all, all of chapter four is a nightmare. Um, I mean, that was my own personal story about having really a, a bad situation. I think most of them were humorous. And I think we really need to look at dating and, you know, with a little bit of wit and some laughter. And even if you have a date that, you know, is a one and done date. And by the way, the majority of dates are one and done dates. And your only goal of a date is to decide whether you like them enough to go on a second date and then you get together again. And so it's, it's really interesting that people get so, you know, so much investment into, into a person on a date. And it's just a conversation. It's just a light conversation that you're having with someone that could be a friend. Now, as far as some of my dates, <laughs> you know, because right now I write about everybody else, but in the book I wrote about myself, uh, and, you know, some of them were funny, like the guy, who, one guy took me to a really fancy restaurant, you know, on the ocean, Pacific Ocean, and, and he wouldn't eat. And I'm like, why aren't you eating? Well, you know, I'm having my colonoscopy tomorrow. It's like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, I just wanted to go home because it's like it was so unsexy that the guy is telling me that he's got to go home and take you know, more of that potion that will make him go into the bathroom all of the time. So I don't know. The poor guy needed a dating coach. I do understand he's married now. I'm glad that he stopped talking about colonoscopies. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) and, you know, but so there are some of the stories that But for the most part, people get frustrated with the process if somebody doesn't look like their profile. And that's why I say it's so important to have not just have, um, photos that are recently taken within the last two years. And that's recent because last year didn't count, but caption them and just say Lake Tahoe summer of 2019. And then somebody will know it's not a photo from 10 years ago because that's people's biggest fear is, Oh no, they're not going to look anything like their photo. And how do I, how am I going to get out of this?
1: Oh, that's really good. So people tell you that's their big fear.
3: It's the biggest fear. It's how do I know they don't how do I know they're gonna look like their photos? And this is why people run over to Facebook and Instagram to see if there's any more recent photos to see if they're recognizable. And if they're not, and there's like a huge disparity between somebody's fifteen year old photos and what they look like today, don't be surprised if you're doing that if someone ends up canceling on you before you ever have a chance to meet.
1: And in your talk in your book, you talk about also Dating a person who's newly single. So, how do you avoid being a TP or transition person?
3: <laughs> the transition person. I think everyone has had one in their life. Most people, or they end up being the transition person. I mean, when you meet someone who's new, and maybe whether it's through a loss of a partner, or spouse, you know, because they passed away, or whether it's a it's a divorce or a bad breakup. And they're new and they're green and they've never gone online before. They don't know a lot of these rules or these rules of netiquette or using a spell check and things like that. But the fact is, you should just ask questions. Oh, so you're newly single. Uh, You know, you could say, oh, how long have you been single? And did you take a break in between? Are you the kind of person that always likes to be in a relationship? It's okay to ask that. um, But then just take it slow. Hmm. Take it slow. Enjoy Uh the courting process. If somebody's serious about you and they're serious about being in a relationship, they're not going to stay single for very long if they're very focused on becoming a couple again. Um, Julie,
2: a recent article in the Wall Street Journal said that there were over 420 dating apps. How do you advise a person on where the best place is to look? And what's the difference between advising a 25-year-old who's never been married and a baby boomer who may be single or divorced or widowed. And also what sites do you recommend for each?
3: Okay, there's not a one size fits all formula Mm -hmm. and everybody loves to ask me, so what's your favorite dating site, Julie? And I don't have a favorite dating site because you're right. I'm going to recommend something different for someone who is in their twenties and thirties and would like to get married and have a family. And then I would for someone who's recently widowed and they've taken a year off and suddenly they want to dip a toe in and they want to meet someone and maybe start out as friends and not rush into it. And I think that, you know, with 480 different dating apps, uh, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed that they need to try even 10% of that number. I think this, you know, my, my secret really is, is being on three apps and I usually start new people with one only until they can really get comfortable with it. And usually it's a, an app that has a large critical base. You don't wanna join a dating site or an app and have no members there. And if you have no members, because it's a real niche site like the site for mustaches and like the, or the saying in the Wall Street Journal or the sites for puppies or for kittens. It's great if you have a puppy and you wanna meet someone else who has a dog and you'd like to do go on dog walk dates or go to the dog park together. That's great for bonding, but you're not going to have thousands and thousands of people there to select from. So if we start with a match or an OK Cupid or Bumble, which tends to have a lot more users, you know, um, in you know in the millions and millions of users, then what we'll do after that is we'll add in some of these niche sites, one or two, and maybe it's a site based on religion, or as we said, you know, maybe it's you know it's, you know, dig the site that, you know, matches up people, you know, based upon their puppies. And there's a reason puppy love is puppy love. I mean, everybody wants to be with someone who cares so much for a pet, you think that they'll make a very good partner as well.
1: Hmm. That's sweet. I like that. Yeah. Um, But like if somebody, let's just take a person, for example, a 25 year old Who's never been married and does want a family and stuff? What are what site are they starting on? What what is common for that?
3: And a lot of it also, by the way, is, is geography. So, in other words, I have some clients on eHarmony who've done really well and have gotten married and they have families. They you wrote know, up to the digital sunset together, but they weren't. But they were in major cities where they had a lot of members. So, if you're living in a really rural area, chances are you might not get as many matches. And that means you need to widen your search and look for somebody that um, isn't in your neighborhood or not even in your county. And the reason I say that is because of COVID, everybody's working from home and people are moving for love. And relationships are starting online and people are bonding. And um, as I said, people will move across the country, they'll move to another continent for love. So somebody in their 20s, I would like to pick a, a larger site. Um, there's Hinge, which is for serious people looking for relationships. OkCupid has the most New York Times wedding announcements of any dating app. So those would be some good choices. And for people that are starting over that are in the boomers, um, a site like Match and do, do your search within your parameters of your age range and your zip code. And again, widen that search. And then perhaps a site like Our Time, which is for 50 plus this way, you know, you're not going to get the 30 year olds who are you know, looking for hookup sex or money. Mm,
1: that's great, great advice. advice. Yeah. You. And what are some signs that a man or a woman is the one?
3: Well, there's a lot of the one. And but the question is, is, are they the one for now or are they the one forever? Um, mm. You know, we have so much pressure on the one. And I want to talk about it a little bit because. Part of you know connecting with someone is you do go on this great date and you feel like you've known this person forever and you connect and often and I said this in the, in the eight stages it's infatuation and infatuation doesn't always last a lifetime and it's great to be infatuated with someone but it, you need to slow it down if things are moving way too fast someone's asking you to be exclusive you know within the first week or two um, ask them what that really means to them and why. And it doesn't mean that you have to date other people. You could just put your profile on, you know, on a hidden view or just not log on when you're trying to determine if somebody could be the one. Just don't open the app anymore and let it play out and see if that works. But these days, finding the one is really about finding someone who has the same attitudes and values and not necessarily about the hottest person on the app.
2: Mm, that's so true. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's so much more I'd love to talk to you about that we'd love to talk to you about, about the dating scene, about life, about your experiences. Um, And we hope you'll come back. So for our listeners, our guest today on Late Boomers has been Julie Spira, America's and the world's top cyber dating expert, digital matchmaker, and someone whose advice will help you be successful at finding love at any age. Thank you so much, Julie.
3: Thank you for having
2: me
1: on. And you can follow Julie at Julie Spira on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and find her on her website, CyberDatingExpert.com. Her coaching programs, IrresistibleProfiles.com and SwipingRight.com can help you find your dream date. Thanks again, Julie. Yes, Julie. Thank you so much.
3: My pleasure.
1: And please visit lateboomers.biz, b-i-z, our website, and give us some feedback on our podcast. Also, please follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins, and on our Late Boomers Instagram account too. And you can DM us on there if you need to. We hope you are finding some insights on our podcasts as we aim to serve, inspire, and entertain you.
2: We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.
0: Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network, What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.